Hello and welcome. My name is Liva Bonnevi and this is episode 33 from Clan of the Horses, a podcast about horses and horse people. If you are a new listener, know this. I have two versions of this show. The Norwegian version, Hestnes Clan, weekly episodes and by far Norway's largest podcast about horses, with more than 450,000 downloads, nearly 180 episodes and listeners in 54 countries. And I have an international version, Clan of the Horses with monthly episodes and listeners in 27 countries. Both podcasts are in many ways an extension of my best-selling novel, Clan of the Horses, that was published in 2010 and still has loyal readers in Scandinavia, Germany and the Czech Republic. The DNA of both the novel and podcasts are horse welfare, and my overall goal is to improve it. My philosophy is that the better we understand our horses and ourselves, the better welfare we can offer. And after having spent 40 blessed years with horses, it is high time to give them something back. Today's episode is an open letter to the FEI, the International Federation for Equestrian Sports. I'll try to remain civil. I promise. Dear FEI, I've long considered sending you what Child Protective Services and the Norwegian Food Safety Authority refers to as a report of concern. That is a report that can be submitted anonymously when there is a concern about the mistreatment or abuse of children or animals. And it is not coincidental that I have decided to send this report of concern in the form of an open letter to you at this particular moment in time. Let me start by apologizing for any poor grammar or poor pronunciation. English is indeed my second language, so please do not hesitate to get back to me if clarification of any kind is needed. Now down to business. Just a few weeks ago, TV2 Denmark finally aired the controversial documentary Operation X, Secrets of the Horse Billionaire, where a journalist, using a hidden camera, exposes highly questionable conditions at Helgstrand Resage. We're talking about a documentary that even 10 months before its release made headlines worldwide when details from the content was leaked during an ongoing trial aimed to prevent the documentary from ever being aired. Two court rulings later, the documentary is now available on TV2 Denmark, on TV4 in Sweden and on Vegeteva here in Norway. And negotiations for its screening rights for the rest of the world are well underway. And in case you haven't seen it yet... What we're dealing with here is not just one of the biggest scandals to hit the equestrian world in decades. We're also dealing with a major betrayal. A betrayal that does not limit itself to Denmark to begin with. Because it must be tempting to quote Shakespeare here. For something is for sure rotten in the state of Denmark. But the issue at hand is unfortunately a lot bigger than that. And it knows no borders. It is also an issue that unfortunately does not limit itself to neither the FEI nor the National Equestrian Federations for that matter. But I'll get back to that. The much-discussed documentary not only exposes questionable conditions at an international top riders' facilities, a place described as one of the world's most renowned sales stables for dressage horses, it also reveals that illegal methods and violence against horses are widespread and, to a large extent, also widely accepted as the path to gold medals and prestige in international equestrian sports. 
Does that mean that everyone involved in equestrian sports at top level mistreat their horses? Of course not. But this time, you really need to refrain from labeling what we witness in this documentary as a snapshot taken out of context or a bad apple. That strategy is dead. Trust me. The thing is, Scandinavia is in many ways best in class when it comes to animal welfare. But when this documentary hit the news, the most common response from those who knows the sport from the inside was, everybody knows that this is going on. And although many who know the sports from the inside were surprised to see the extent of the systematic abuse revealed in the documentary, few were shocked. This in itself is a red flag. A huge red flag. After all, the horses exposed have bleeding wounds from spurs, bleeding wounds from bits, and they are also frequently exposed to draw reins and hyperflexion that not only affect their vision and indeed the very temperature of their eyeballs, but it also makes breathing and swallowing normally impossible. If one looks more closely, the real shock should be that in some circles, it is to a large extent normalized to treat horses in an abusive and brutal manner in order to achieve results. And before the PR people got involved, the top rider exposed in the documentary was quoted in Danish press, claiming that you have to put the horses in their place, otherwise they're big and dangerous animals. It can be easy to forget that the audience and those who usually view the equestrian sports from a distance who are told that horses are happy athletes and are associating dressage and show jumping with shiny beautiful horses, colorful flower arrangements and uplifting music are apt to react very differently. They will most likely react like normal people react to all kinds of animal abuse, with justified shock, disbelief, disgust and anger. So this time it will likely take more than press releases, speeches and welfare conferences to clean up the mess. It will require prompt and targeted action if one wishes to maintain the Equestrian Sports SLO, Social License to Operate, in the future. A license that is rapidly approaching a tipping point. The margins are not as large as they used to be 10 years ago. And this time, what we see must have consequences. Significant consequences. And I'm not primarily talking about consequences for the main character in the documentary, where missing the next Olympic Games should be considered a very gentle start. I'm talking about consequences for all riding and all horsekeeping. But before I get worked up, I want you to join me back in time. I will try to remind you of something you have either forgotten or have repressed in a game that from the outside seemed to be ruled and driven by money. The horse is, by far, one of the most depicted motives in art throughout human history. And while the dog is considered to be man's best friend, the horse is by far our most important friend of all times. We have built our civilization on the horse's strength and willingness. Horses have won our battles, transported us over continents, plowed our fields and cleared our forests. The horse was our first war machine, our first train, our first car. And we still measure every engine's performance in terms of horsepower. But we have not been equally good at measuring how we exploit living and sentient horsepower today. And most importantly, the price horses have to pay to be in our service. As you are well aware of, we have had a quite heated debate about horse welfare in equestrian sports long before the Danish scandal in question was unleashed. 
an important debate about whether dressage and parts of the question sports are on the wrong track or not. A debate full of sighs of complaint from those who truly love dressage, questioning why it is always dressage that takes the heat when there is so much ugly riding in other arenas. Like raining, that is no longer part of the FEI, but still somehow figures on your website. Or the horrible maltreatment of Tennessee walking horses. Just to mention a part of the equestrian sports that would have been banned in Scandinavia several decades ago, if it had even been allowed in the first place. Let's not forget that there are very good reasons why more is expected of dressage. Because it is in the dressage arena that the standard for the entire equestrian sport is set. As you in the FEI write on your own website, loosely from memory, dressage can be traced back to ancient Greece and is considered the highest form of riding and the most artistic part of equestrian sports. And Xenophon wrote The Art of Horsemanship 2,500 years ago, so dressage is nothing new. What is new in recent decades, however, is how dressage is ridden, how dressage horses are trained and bred, and at what age they are expected to perform. And the core of the debate is, what are we really applauding for nowadays? Silence implies consent, they say. But that's not entirely true. Many have been forced to be silent against their will when it comes to the way many horses are treated at Grand Prix level on the international stage today. Many lack the courage to resist pressure. Many have raised their voices, but have been ignored, overlooked or even cancelled. And the horses themselves, who are desperately trying to tell us how they feel, have been fitted with no span that are so tight that speaking or objecting in any way, shape or form is nearly impossible. You see, it is a myth that horses need a good life to perform well. It is a myth that horses cannot be forced to perform. Of course they can. Just as a fern farm mink has a shiny soft coat, hens in cramped cages lay eggs, and pigs in overly tight pens still produce meat. Animals are forced to produce the results we want all the time, and horses are no exception. Horses can certainly be forced to do whatever we wanted to do, if the mere threat of pain and discomfort is significant enough, because they are sensitive flight animals, seeking safety and survival. And if events organized by the FEI do not crack down on ugly riding on warm-up arenas and displayed conflict behaviors in horses or set a proper ethical and welfare standard for the sport, what do you think happens at events further down the food chain, where flower arrangements are absent? What do you think happens in the stables, in the riding schools? Indeed, what are we teaching the riders of the future about ethics, welfare, calming signals, ethology, and just plain obvious facts about horses and horse behavior? So, there it is. A Norwegian report of concern. A report I picture could easily end up in the usual stack of untreated incoming emails from animal welfare activists, or in the shrinking pile of letters, written the old-fashioned way on paper, from people who used to love the sport, but who have left a long time ago. Based on how little reports like this has weighed in in the past, I've decided to try something different this time. This time I've teamed up with what Horse and Hound described as leading equestrians, people who know what they're talking about, and therefore cannot easily be dismissed. 
and they have decided to follow the money and address a collective international appeal directly to Longines, a rock-solid Swiss brand name many will be familiar with, because they have been your major sponsor for the last 10 years, and it is their elegant logo that can be seen on all the major international competition venues. So in addition to this open letter to the FEI, we have started a petition, written as a personal letter to the CEO of Longines because we wonder if they are aware of what they're paying for. But before I sign this letter, your letter, my report of concern, I want to make sure that there is a system for Helgström within the FEI. I know it is tempting to throw him under the bus, but that would be unethical. The storm he and his closest associates are facing now, and all the rage directed at him, is unreasonably harsh because he's not only receiving the well-deserved anger over the images flickering across thousands of television screens in Scandinavia at the moment, he's also receiving the enormous anger that has accumulated over at least two, or maybe even three decades, intensifying significantly in strength in recent years. A justified anger that you have failed to take seriously. But make no mistake about it. From the outside, the system itself looks flawed. So we are probably not looking at a bad apple here. We are probably looking at a bad barrel, but with plenty of good apples worth saving from rot. So while you figure out how to deal with the issue at hand, namely the future of equestrian sports and our social license to operate and ride horses at all, I encourage every horse owner out there to take two steps back and closely examine the way your horse or your horses are kept how they are ridden, and what can be improved. For trust me, we can always do better. And while you're at it, sign the petition, hashtag let horses speak, and join the movement Alliance for Horse Welfare in Sport, where the goal is to put the horse first, for real, at the Olympic Games in Paris. And if there is one country in the world who knows how to handle a real revolution, it is France. Make no mistake about it, the change we need in the horse world today cannot come from the top alone. Neither can it come from the bottom. We all need to pitch in. It simply requires a real effort from everyone involved with horses. A dugnad, as we call it in Norwegian. We need to break the silence. We need to stop turning a blind eye when someone crosses the line and abuse or mistreat horses. We need to raise our voices. We need to care. We need to get involved. We need to do better. Our horses deserve it. So, dear FEI, this is an historic moment. The case of Helgstrand Dressage has already made its way into the European Parliament, where our social license to operate is questioned even as we speak. And before you decide to stay low and hope this all goes away, remember the Olympic Games in Tokyo in 2021, where it took one single horse, Saint Boy, to eliminate riding from a competition dating back to World War I. The competition in question simply lost its social license to operate. One horse, three months, that's all it took. So I'll end this report of concern with two million dollar questions you need to answer. What kind of margins do you think we have when it comes to social license to operate within the remaining three Olympic disciplines involving horses, namely dressage, show jumping and eventing? And how do you intend to ensure that the Olympic Games in Paris will be the best games ever when it comes to ethics and horse welfare? Sincerely yours.
You have just heard episode 33 from Clan of the Horses, a podcast about horses and horse people. I want to thank my composer, Fredrik Blom, the designer of the podcast Visual Profile, Ove Hals, my sound designer, Stig Holte, and last but not least, I want to thank you, dear listener, for your patience. May the horse be forever with you.